0: Welcome back to That Was It in My Textbook, our bi weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to season two, episode eight on the history of Juneteenth. We're talking about nine facts we should know about Juneteenth, and we're also celebrating our pod anniversary. Juneteenth, as well, or Juneteenth Eve, should I say? Today is a very big, very special day for all of us, and by us, I mean me and you, and you and I, as members of the That Wasn't in My Textbook podcast community. Today is a big day because not only is today the first day of the most Blacky Black Juneteenth weekend, it is also our pod anniversary. On this day, 365 years ago, I launched my very first episode called Six Facts You Should Know About Juneteenth. And 26 episodes later, I mean, well, this is the 27th episode (laughs) later, that very episode has over a thousand downloads. I mean, it's been a great year of ups and downs and... Before I get into all of that reflection and get into my feelings, tell y'all how I slightly fucked up on that first episode, and possibly shed some thug tears and whatnot, let's talk about the history of Juneteenth first. This year, Biden has announced Juneteenth as a federal holiday, making it official, which is cool, you know, but can we talk about racism in schools, though? And where's our stop racism bill? No shade to the stop Asian hate because that's real, but they stay gaslighting black folks and giving us holidays when we need, want and deserve real change. You feel me? Anyway, let's get into the history of Juneteenth. Looking at nine facts this year. Yes, I added three new facts from last year's episode. We're getting fancy. And then after we go over the facts, I'm going to take a moment to briefly reflect on our first year building this history community and to thank you all for lending me your ears for a whole damn year. As usual, we always start out with a definition. So what is Juneteenth? It is a holiday celebrated on the 19th of June to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people in the U.S., the holiday was originally celebrated in Texas where on June 19, 1865, enslaved folks in Texas were declared free. This was a whole 2 years after Abe Lincoln had signed the Emancipation, which he signed in 1863 that ended slavery. That's when enslaved folks were informed by a Union soldier named General Granger that the Civil War had ended and that slaves in Texas in particular were free. And yes, Granger was two years late, like seriously. So Juneteenth started out as a day that emancipated the enslaved folks in Texas. And then over time, it has spread to over other states. And now Juneteenth is marked as a day that slavery ended in United States a little confusing, but I think it makes sense. So let's get into these nine facts on the history of Juneteenth that will also clarify some of the things I just said in that definition. So fact number one, which I just kind of told y'all, Juneteenth was hella delayed, two years to be exact. Following the Emancipation Proclamation that was signed on January 1st, 1863, you know, Texans, folks in Texas and slave folks in Texas remained in bonded. So not all slave folks were immediately free when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863. And so, two whole years later... Yes, I'm clapping... <laughs> Enslaved folks in Texas were free. So, this 155 year old holiday reminds us that President Abe Lincoln's January 1st, 1863 Emancipation Proclamation did not liberate all enslaved black people in the Confederate States of America, the ones that wanted to keep slavery, the ones that in the South, um, and that Texan enslavers refused to tell black people that they were free until federal troops literally arrived and enforced the proclamation i mean how evil can you be to just refuse to tell folks that slavery is over you see, while Abe Lincoln signed the Emancipation in 1863, the Civil War didn't end until the summer of 1865, and that's when General Granger showed up with his troops, and they arrived in Galveston, Texas, to announce General Order Number no. 3 on June 19th, 1865, letting enslaved folks in Texas know that they were free, and from then, June 19th would go on to be known and celebrated as Juneteenth. Fact number two, it was reported that there were over 250,000 enslaved black folks in Texas when Union Soldier Granger arrived. That's a lot of people, 250,000 enslaved people. It was believed that all the people who who had enslaved folks was in on it. Don't be fooled. They like purposely didn't tell enslaved folks that they were free, and some of them even moved from other states. They packed up their stuff, moved from other states into deep Texas in order to keep slavery going. Sick. Fact number three. The announcement actually urged freed men and freed women to stay with their former owners. Like, can y'all believe that shit? Like, I actually can believe it, but, like, I can't believe it, if that makes sense. So General Order 3, which was read by General Granger to let the enslaved folks in Texas know that they were free, said, and I quote, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes between employer and hired labor. Yeah, right. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military post, and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. End quote. Okay. Did they say employer and hired labor? They are tripping. So, yes. That is the word for word order that General Granger read, and it really encouraged enslaved folks to stay there and let them think that they were going to be treated equally and get a salary. Yeah, right. Fact number four. What followed Granger's announcement of Order Three is known as the Scatter. Think about it kind of like an early Great Migration. Most creed people clearly and understandably, were not interested in staying with the people who had enslaved them, even if pay was involved, which we know it really wasn't. Actually, folks started leaving and taking their stuff before Granger could even finish making his announcement. Shit, I would have. What followed became known as the scatter, when droves of former enslaved people left the state of Texas to find their long-lost family members that were sold to other plantations and stuff like that that they were separated from and it was also a time period that label that that explained people who were also in search of welcoming opportunities and jobs in the north I understand that can you imagine like having the journey of looking for like your sister or your brother or your parents after you've been enslaved and now you're free like i'm about to get emotional okay fact number five even with this late ass announcement for general granger not all enslaved people were freed instantly texas is a large state okay hence the the saying that everything is big in texas texas is actually larger than kenya and three times the size of the united kingdom shit's like od big well general granger's orders and the troops needed to enforce it was slow to spread according to historian james smallwood many enslavers deliberately suppressed the information until after harvest and some even beyond that and when i say beyond that i mean years beyond that in july 1867 Two years after Granger's two-yearly arrival, so four years, there were two separate reports of enslaved people being freed. One report of a Texas horse thief, dude named Alex Simpson, who enslaved people were only freed after he was hung in 1868. Like, I don't even have the words for this fact. Like, that's crazy. Fact number six. Texas was the first state to declare Juneteenth as a state holiday. Okay, which historically speaking, y'all also purposely withheld information and like kept people enslaved for longer. So am I supposed to give you a gold star for being the first state to declare Juneteenth? Like we shouldn't even need Juneteenth, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyway, in 1980, Texas declared Juneteenth an official state holiday. Today, it is now a federal holiday known as Juneteenth National Independence Day that even white folks have off. But my question is, where are my reparations, though? I believe it was earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, that Biden signed this into law. So now this day is officially a U.S. federal holiday that commemorates the end of slavery in the United States. And it is the first federal holiday established since Martin Luther King Day in 1983, which was 38 years ago. I like these days. I'm not going to say anything's wrong with it, but I I need some changes. You know what I'm saying? But we'll talk about that another time. Fact number seven. Back in the day, there were limited options for celebrating Juneteenth. When freed people tried to celebrate the first anniversary of the announcement a year later, they were faced with a problem. It starts with an S. Can you guess? Segregation. Segregation laws were expanding rapidly so there was no public places or parks that they could go to to celebrate and to turn up. So in the 1870s, former enslaved people pulled together $800 and purchased 10 acres of land, which they named the Emancipation Park. Until the 1950s, The Emancipation Park was the only public park and swimming pool in the Houston area that was open to black folks. Can you believe that? I mean, I can't believe that, but still. Um, And I do believe that the Emancipation Park is still standing to this day. Fact number eight. Juneteenth has a flag, y'all. Which was made by a white woman, by the way. (laughs) The designer, LJ Graff, Um, designed it if you Google it you'll find it Uh, let me try to describe it to you it has like red white and blue so there's like blue on the top half and red on the bottom and then there's a star a white star in the middle and then there's like an outline of the white star like you know I'm probably not doing the best job to describe it so definitely Google it like I said before But I think it could be updated or something. It's packed with a lot of meaning, though. The colors red, white, and blue echo the American flag to symbolize the enslaved people and their descendants were American. The star in the middle pays homage to Texas, while the bursting new star on the horizon of the red and blue fields represents a new freedom and a new people. Can someone text me when we get this new freedom? When it arrives? DM me or something. Let me know what you think about this flag. (laughs) And our final fact, fact number nine of this episode, is that traditionally Juneteenth foods and drinks, yes, and drinks are red. From strawberry soda, red velvet cake, to dressing in red, it's all a part of the Juneteenth tradition. According to culinary historian and food writer, Michael Twitty, the practice of eating red foods, red cake, barbecue, punch, and fruit, we may owe its existence to the enslaved Yoruba and Congo, and it's believed that they brought it to Texas in the 19th century. Historians believe the red color could be connected to the Asante and Yoruba special occasions, which include offering up the blood of animals, especially the red blood of white birds and white goats, to their ancestors and gods. Red, in many West African cultures, is a symbol of strength, spirituality, life, and death. It's possible that this cultural legacy, along with other black folk food tradition and knowledge around okra and beans and melons and many other food groupings, some red and some not, was brought across the Atlantic from our ancestors to our plates today. So those are the nine facts about Juneteenth that we're all going to take with us to celebrate Juneteenth throughout this weekend. Some of them I was familiar with and are repeats from last year's first episode, like how enslavers purposely suppressed info and tried to make enslaved folks stay and work. Like what? Also, um, some of them were new and I learned a lot. I want to take a moment to shout out the enslaved folks who started to pack up and move out before Granger was even done with his announcement. Also, can you imagine what it felt like to be told after the fact, two years after the fact, that you're no longer in bondage? And then imagining what it was like to be a part of that scatter, searching for your family members that were sold and taken away from you. Like, all that shit gets me mad and sad at the same damn time. But, (laughs) Today is supposed to be a day of Jubilee, and so let's get back to that. Let's get back to celebration, and speaking of celebration and Jubilee, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, today is our one-year podcast anniversary, and I want to first thank you for your love and support and giving me your time and lending me your ears, whether today is your first time tuning in or you're A1 from day one. I appreciate you. This is our 27th episode. We're in season two and we'll see what happens next, right? As Drake says, you know, I purposely started the podcast On Juneteenth, the day known as Freedom Day Because I felt like it was right as a history podcast That was going to focus on uh, the textbook history With an emphasis on people of color And particularly black people of color I just felt like Juneteenth was the perfect day To start the journey of podcasting And on top of that um, Juneteenth of last year was... A couple months into the pandemic And it was following the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor And all the other folks that we lost to police brutality During the pandemic, before, currently And so I just wanted to create a place online, like an oral history, that would be uplifting and informative. And I know every topic is not uplifting. It can't be uplifting all the time history. Um, but it was just going to be a safe space to get the truth about history and to reimagine history to be good, bad, ugly, fugly. And so that's why I'm so happy that I decided to do that. And I'm excited that every year Juneteenth will be not only a celebration of the actual holiday that commemorates the ending of slavery, but it'll also be a celebration of a new beginning for all of us and a new way to look at history. Initially, when I hit record on June 18th of 2020, yeah, because we're in 2021, I get confused sometimes. I never knew that I would finally feel like I have found my purpose after 30 plus years on this earth. I don't know about y'all, but I've always felt like a slow bloomer, a slow and steady kind of gal, a tortoise, if you will. But this is my path and my time is now. And as cheesy as it sounds, everything that I've done (laughs) from going to grad school for a master's in public administration that I don't use to moving to Los Angeles almost three years ago is finally starting to make sense. I say all this for anyone else who may be listening and lost, please, please, please be encouraged by my story. At this big old age, (coughs) I feel like I am standing at the intersection of what I'm good at, what I'm passionate about, and my gift to the world and society. This podcast is not about me as an individual. It's about Reimagining history, having fun, and of course, thinking outside of that boring, bulky textbook. I sat on this idea for a whole year before I finally took the leap. Shout out to self-doubt blocking me. <laughs> but don't be like me on that front. Be like Nike and just do it. I started this podcast to inform and uplift folks like me, people of color, marginalized folks, and to expand our knowledge beyond colonialism and slavery because a lot of shit happened before and after that. Plus, history is not only about the past. It's happening this very second. I mean, we just survived a pandemic. I want us to listen to these episodes and feel informed, feel good, tell a friend something you learned, maybe even get a laugh. I know I'm not that funny, but I could be funny sometimes. But overall, y'all have helped me create this safe space for people of color and marginalized folks to celebrate and learn about ourselves. 365, 24-7, not just when our months or days roll around. Each episode is made to feel as if we're sitting in one of those free spirited classrooms where you can eat food sometimes and it's like a hot circle mahogany table and you talk freely and you don't have grades. <laughs> Do y'all get that feeling from this podcast? Y'all let me know. We talk about the lies our teachers taught us provoke provo- powerful conversations and get that unfiltered raw history and opinions the ones you might get in trouble for in class so thank you for helping me create that environment and i really really appreciate it and i hope that y'all are enjoying this podcast and i'm always open to suggestions and topics to make it bigger and better, to make it interesting, and to cl- include other cultures. I am a historian with a background in African American studies, but I want to talk about other cultures. We recently talked about Palestine um, and what's going on over there and the the unrest. And so that episode I enjoyed the most because I learned a lot and I was like this is what I want to do. I want to talk about Filipino culture and different Asian cultures. So we're going to get more into that as we expand into season 2, 3 and 4. The last thing that I think I want to say in this brief podiversary reflection is that this podcast is our space to learn together. Like I said, I'm not an expert. (laughs) I bring on experts. (laughs) I am your flawed, tatted, locked-haired, cursing historian homie who is more like the store greeter or maybe like a librarian would be the best way to describe me like I have a general idea of things I know how to research and so this podcast is like me welcoming you into the library and asking you what topics you're interested and then we walk over to that section in the library together I give you a brief overview pull some books for you pull some articles for you from online and I encourage you to sit and take a deeper dive if you like that's that's me that's your host We're learning together, and like I said, I've made mistakes. I probably will make more mistakes in the future, but I always try to be accountable and grow Grow from them. For example, I fucked up coming out the gate with the first episode on Juneteenth. Actually, when I listened back to it today, I actually cringed because I kept saying slaves and slave masters instead of enslaved and people who enslaved which I should have known as a African-American studies major, but we all make mistakes, right? But language is important. And someone politely commented on my post on IG last year. And let me know that using titles like slave and slave master reinforces the concept of status and normalizes and justifies slavery. Whereas saying enslaved people prioritizes our ancestors, humanity and the terms People who enslave shows that this behavior was a choice, enslaving people, and that being a master is not a normal, justified behavior. And for that person's feedback, I am forever grateful, and today I was able to make those changes in this podcast. It's a reminder that this podcast is also here to reimagine what a historian sounds like, looks like and presents like thank you for lending me your ear today and thank you for your support and this is the conclusion of season two episode eight on the history of juneteenth with a mini anniversary reflection at the end thank you so much for tuning into this season Season two is continuing on with a couple more episodes before we take a mini summer break. So make sure you're subscribed. Year one is down. Year two to go. In the words of Drake, let's see what happened next, okay? (laughs) This season is going to be bigger and better than season one. (laughs) And we're only going up from here. Don't forget to come back on July 2nd, Friday, July 2nd to be specific, for a new episode on the history of astrology with a very special guest. Make sure to follow that wasn't in my textbooks all over the interwebs and in honor of our pod anniversary, I would love for you to leave a review. I would really, really appreciate it. It helps us get ranked on iTunes, it helps us get noticed so that we can grow this history community. That's a wrap, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Happy pod anniversary to us. Happy Juneteenth. And until next time, remember knowledge is power.